Welcome to the It Is Written podcast. As doubts about God's will arise, the world resorts to feelings and experts. We go to the law and to the testimony of God's word. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at Jacob, the twin of Esau, in Genesis chapter 28 through 32. So Isaac and Rebekah have twins. Those twins struggled already in the womb, and God made the promise that the older would serve the younger. And as that turns out, we see that Jacob didn't trust that promise. He, for example, tried to swindle and did swindle the birthright out of Esau for a pot of stew. Now in Genesis chapter 27, we see another situation arise with the family. Would you read verses 1 to 4? When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could not see, he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Look, I am old and do not know the day of my death. So now take your hunting gear, your quiver and bow, and go out in the field to hunt some game for me. Then make me a delicious meal that I love and bring it to me to eat so that I can bless you before I die. So Isaac thinks he's going to die and wants to bless his sons before he dies. That would be the custom, bless your son. Yes. Isaac decides to bless his favorite son alone, Esau. Mm -hmm. And the favoritism is a real problem in this family. And so he tells Esau to go hunt some game and prepare a dish that he likes and he'll bless him over the, the meal. Rebecca gets wind of this. Yes. She favors Jacob. And so she takes a goat from the herd and hurries up and cooks it and tells Jacob her plan. Jacob's going to impersonate Esau. And he says, well, but, you know, he'll, he'll detect me. I'm not a hairy man like he is. Well, she dresses him up in Esau's clothes. I've always imagined she probably put a little perfume of wilderness <laughs> on him or yep. something like that. She puts goat skin on his neck and on his hands. He had to be really hairy. Yeah, that's what I've always thought. Esau was really hairy if goat skin approximates it. Yeah. And she has him go in with this dish, and he's going to just pass himself off as his older brother. Doesn't work so easily. Because the first thing Isaac says is, who are you? <laughs> like, well, I'm Esau, your son. Well, he didn't intend to have to just flat out lie, but he was trying to deceive and one thing led to another. And then Isaac said, how did you get the game so fast? And he said, well, God brought it to me. Blaspheming God in the whole process. And Jacob finally decides it is Esau. Isaac decides it is Esau and blesses Jacob right. and gives him everything. Yes. What he was intending to give to Esau. Jacob barely gets out of though when Esau comes in and it dawns on Isaac what's just happened. Yeah. He has nothing left to give Esau. And Esau is infuriated. He's going to kill Jacob, but he feels like he needs to wait till Isaac dies. Rebecca finds out about that in this household. Rebecca seems to know everything. And Rebecca sends Jacob away to her home people to find a wife. Yes. And so they're gone. So now Jacob continues his life in this new place, and he meets his cousin Rachel, and she's just beautiful. She's yeah. the younger daughter of his uncle Laban, and he wants her as a wife. And he talks to Laban about what kind of uh, you know stipulations there'd be, and he, he says he offers to work for seven years yeah. to get her. He must really love her. Yes, He wants to prove she's really worth a lot to him. And so seven years he works for Laban in order to be able to marry his younger daughter, Rachel. Well, he has to push Laban when the seven years are up. It's time for me to be able to marry your daughter. And everything goes well. They have the wedding, except Laban substitutes his older daughter yeah. for, Le for Rachel. He's, he gives him, her, him Leah. Yeah. 
And when he does that, you know, at night he doesn't see well, he doesn't know who she is, he wakes up the next morning and he married the wrong woman. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens? Yeah, yeah I hate that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and he's married to Leah and he complains and he, she, he says, well, it's not the custom in our place to marry off the younger daughter first. Right, yeah. You know, I, I gave you Leah and he says, I'll give you Rachel too, just work seven more years. Yeah. So he gets Rachel up front, but he has to work it, now 14 total years for her. That's a lot of work yeah. for one woman. Isn't it interesting? Uh, Jacob was the swindler in our last story and now he's the one that gets swindled He gets here. swindled the same way, as yeah. a matter of fact, because he passed himself as the, off as the older to Isaac. Yeah. And Laban passes Leah off as the younger to Jacob. Yes. So it kind of comes back to haunt him. After the 14 years of working for those two women, Jacob is ready to go back home. But Laban's not ready to let him because he's such a good shepherd. He offers to give him whatever he wants. And Jacob has a plan. He says, just give me all the spotted, speckled, and striped animals. Yeah. And that'll be my wages. Right. Laban thinks that's not a bad idea. But Jacob's ahead of him. Would you read chapter 30, verses 37 to 39? Jacob then took branches of fresh poplar, almond, and plain wood and peeled the bark, exposing white stripes on the branches. He set the peeled branches in the troughs, uh, troughs in front of the sheep and in the water channels where the sheep came to drink. And the sheep bred when the, uh, and the sheep bred when they came to drink. And the flocks bred in front of the branches and, and bore streaked, speckled, and spotted young. So Jacob's got this idea. He's going to give, put striped branches in front of these animals when they're mating. Yeah. That way their offspring will come out striped and spotted and speckled. Yeah. He probably didn't know a whole lot about genetics. Yeah, or, or is it biology? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> basic biology. Yeah. Uh, but the offspring came out spotted, yeah. speckled, and striped. Yep. And what that shows is that God is behind this and God has been blessing him all along. In fact... If you stop and think about it, Jacob has not been doing any of those things. God had already said before they were ever born, the older will serve the younger. Right. So this whole deal with the birthright, with the blessing, and now with the, the striped rods, none of that is Jacob's doing. He just thinks it is. Reminds me of a commercial I heard about one time and saw where there was a little boy with a Darth Vader wand, and he was shaking it at different things. Uh -huh. He didn't know his father was behind him with a remote control. He shook it at the car, and his father started the car remotely. <laughs> and he thought he'd done it. He was spooked, freaked out by yeah, it. Yeah. But that's what we think a lot of times. We think we've done it when it's the Lord. Yes. And that's exactly what Jacob was thinking. And so after several years of Laban changing his wages and a lot of bickering and fighting, Jacob decides to go home with all his animals and with his four wives and his 11 sons and, and all of that. And he does, but he's going back to where 20 years before Esau was furious and ready to kill him. So he sends some people on ahead of him to Esau to let him know that he's coming. And they come back and in 32.6 they say, we came to your brother Esau and furthermore he's coming to meet you and 400 men are with him. Yeah, so Jacob thinks he's a dead man. Jacob is scared to death. Esau with 400 men coming to him, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He prays, and he, offer, he, he decides to pacify Esau's anger with a gift. You know, that's sometimes a nice way to do that. Yeah. Would you read verses 13 to 15? Let's see what gift he gives him. He spent the night there, took part of what he had brought him, with him as a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 20 hundred, uh, excuse me, 200 ewes, 20, uh, 20 rams, 
30 milk camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. You ever given a present like that? Never. That's quite the present. I've never given one <laughs> one animal to somebody. Yeah. He is scared to death. He's yes. willing to sacrifice a lot of his animals to try to pacify Esau, but he doesn't know if that's going to work. Yeah. He is still really frightened. Yes. And this is putting him where God wanted him to be. God's arranging this, and mm-hmm. he wants Jacob scared to death. So Jacob will finally decide that he needs to rely on God and not on his own plans. Yep. So, so that night, the night before he sees Esau, he has a long night. Would you read 24 to 26? Uh, Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. Then he said to Jacob, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This was no ordinary man. Other passages talk about it being an angel and being the Lord. Right. And really what this angel is doing as he's wrestling with Jacob all night kind of summarizes Jacob's life. He's been wrestling with God all along to try to control his own life. And finally, God dislocates his hip. So it becomes obvious that he can't prevail. Yeah. Just as he has brought Esau with these men that scares Jacob half out of his wits to make him realize he doesn't have a plan. He can't rely on himself. He needs the Lord. And so finally, something very unusual happens. Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. Jacob understands this is the Lord. Yes. And finally, for the nearly the first time in his life, he thinks he needs a blessing from God. He can't work this out by his own plan. Yes. And so God crippled him and terrified him to bless him, to help him to see that he depends on God. It's exactly like we are. How often do we wrestle with God to see who's in control of our life? We want to control it by our plans, by our ideas, by our will, when God needs to cripple us and make us realize it's him and not us. Yeah. Isn't the word I, 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 the word I would use for that yielding, yielding to what God wants? And letting him give the directions instead of trying to take matters into our own hands. It reminds me of Paul's thorn in the flesh. Mm -hmm. God gave him that thorn to keep him from exalting himself. He prayed three times that God remove it. God said, strength is perfected in weakness. It is better for Paul to have that thorn to humble him and to cause him to trust in God. Sometimes we need things that humble us, things that make us realize we depend on God. We can't do it ourselves. When everything seems to be going well according to our plans, we forget that we need the Lord. Yeah. And this came at a good time for him. I mean, his family has grown. It's big at this point. He's left Laban's household. And so he needs the Lord on his side. And the Lord has been blessing him despite what looks like a lack of trust and faith on Jacob's part. God is generous. Yes. Amen. But he needs to learn this lesson right now. And he does. And his God changes his name. He yep. goes from a Jacob, a grabber, somebody right. who gets things for himself, to an Israel, a prince with the Lord. Yes. And he comes to see that he needs God and he can't just rely on himself. That's the lesson we need to learn from this story. We need to learn it well in our own lives. But when we're trying to out-wrestle God to control our own destinies, it's never going to work. We need to submit to the Lord, do things his way, and follow his plan. Thank you for listening to the It Is Written podcast. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, feel free to send Gary an email at garyfisher1063 at gmail.com. We hope you have a blessed day.